the podcast was inspired by a poem in a movie called The Gray. And the poem goes something like this. Once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day, live and die on this day. Welcome back to In the Fray. My name is Edgar. I'm Melissa. And uh, today we're going to take a little detour and just kind of change it up a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm bilingual. I'm, my first language is Spanish. My second language is English. But my dominant language is English. Um, and so I thought it would be interesting today for me to interpret uh, the conversation or the best that I could. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be um, as accurate as I think I would want it to be. <laughs> um, I haven't had a lot of practice here as of late. And uh, I'm just kind of interested to see how good how good it is on just in a width. I'm able to interpret. Um, so, let's see. Let's get started. Uh, so, real quick, Melissa. Um... Let's start easy. Just say a simple question or a simple statement and see if I can do it real quick just to kind of warm up the chops. Just a short... um, Yeah, yeah. Just trying to warm up the golden pipes. Um, What would you like to eat tonight? ¿Qué es lo que quieres comer hoy en la noche? That's easy. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's muy fácil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want me to ask you something else? Uh, Sure. Um... Did you see that man pass by? Miraste a ese hombre que pasó. That's easy too. I thought that would be harder. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all right. Not too bad. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> something else? Yeah, yeah. Let's see something else. Um. Um. Let's see. Um. <laughs> did you put uh, the money in the bank account? Uh. Pusiste el dinero en la cuenta del banco. Okay. Well, that could be. That could also be like uh, depositaste el dinero en la cuenta del banco. I have another one. Okay. Um. Can it be kind of long? Um. Yeah, I'll try my best. Okay. Um. If we buy a house, what will be the mortgage payments? Si compramos una casa. ¿Cuál va a ser el pago? That's it? That's all I got. <laughs> now, what is that exactly that you said, though? Uh, if we buy a house, uh, what will be the payment? Okay, so do they have um, an, an actual word for mortgage? Oh, I'm sure there is. I just couldn't think of it in the spot. <laughs> but uh, So you're just giving the gist of it? <laughs> yeah, right now I'm just giving the gist. Like I said, I... Just uh, would you need to say the word mortgage? Um, I believe so. I mean, if I wanted to be, you know, as accurate as possible, I I would have to um, to say it. Um, you know, I think it would be like hipoteca. I believe is is the word for that. But I've just never really. I mean, I, that people may talk about it like that, but it's something that, I mean, growing up anyways, I've never really heard about it. The word mortgage? Mortgage too just much. It was payment. Just payment, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're buying the house, so automatically people kind of know. Okay, what, yeah, but 
that might would that might be um could that be interpreted differently though like how much is the house no no the payments would be like the mortgage payments uh-huh. not the mm-hmm. final payment correct okay how about this um does high blood pressure run in your family does high blood pressure run right in your family run in my family um you have to say the question not answer it yeah no yeah, i know okay, okay. <laughs> uh oh my gosh i knew that's gonna stop me here for a sec uh la alta presión is es, está en tu familia that's what comes to my You're mind. You're asking me? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... You're like, yeah. I'm saying so, the question. Like, you well, asked me I, the question, and I'm interpreting the question. I know that you said is plus blood is pressure in your family. But High blood pressure, yeah. Um, I believe that's what comes to my mind real quick, but I, I, I think you can... I can do it better. You know, does high blood pressure run in your family? Um, tu familia tiene historia de... De la presión alta. <clears throat> I believe okay. that, that would be another way to to uh, ask it, interpret it. <laughs> and what what what's the difference? <clears throat> uh, I think one's more formal, and one's more uh, okay, relaxed. Because like if you were interpreting with somebody that was at the hospital, mm-hmm. and they were asking them questions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it was at a hospital, uh, the, if it's a formal setting, it would be formal. Um, I would have gone with the latter, you know. Uh, if it was, I mean, other way, you know, I would have to still interpret whatever in the setting would be. You yeah. know, if it's formal, if it's a little bit relaxed language, or that kind of stuff. And that's what makes it hard sometimes to interpret because, um, you know, I may know the word... Or the word comes more easily to me in a relaxed setting, where it might be more of a, you know, very formal, very professional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that all depends on the, uh, you know, the people that are talking to. Right. I'm just the voice. You know, if an interpreting um, <clears throat> setting, I'm just the voice. I, I'm not expressing my opinions. I'm not expressing any advice or anything like that. It's just right. I'm just but... echoing. <clears throat> Um, you know, because we were talking the other day about, I'm sorry, but I got choked, <clears throat> that um, if, that if you, um, the difference between interpret, interpreting every single word or just um, giving the gist of mm-hmm. what the person said, but in your own words, basically it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, it can't, it can't really be in like in my own words. You know, I have to still explain it in, in the words that are being said. Um, because this is, what, this is what I was thinking about. Because at the UFC, mm-hmm. they are never interpreting. That, to me, is a professional setting. Right. And they are just like, listen to somebody ramble. And then they're like, uh, he's very happy to be here. And he's glad he won. And he loves his mother. Yes, and, and, you know, and it's like, dude, like, you said yeah. a lot more than that. Well, it's it's hard because um, it's in a live setting, like you said in the UFC, you know, Ultimate Fighting Championships. Um, you're live on TV in the moment. Yeah, you know, the person could be like, 
I had a tough road leading up to this. I had pneumonia. I broke my leg. I recovered. I didn't yeah. think I was going to make it. I'm so happy I won. I want to say thank you. Love you, mom and dad. And I can't wait for the next one. And, you know, the interpreter is also picking up cues from, like, the camera guy. Yeah. Saying, like, you've got 10 seconds left. Yeah. And so it was like, um, I'm, I'm very glad I won. I love you, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. You know. So they're not really interpreting. Uh, well, I mean, they're interpreting. They're interpreting. Yeah, yeah, but they're not But really if it like... was actually, you have all the time in the world, the interpreter would be, you know, um, saying exactly what the, the other person would right. say. Um, that's one thing that definitely irked me, I would say, when I was growing up, like in boxing. You know, we would always uh, order the boxing pay-per-views. Um, Mexican fighter would win, and, you know, they would go after an interpreter, or ask them questions, like, you know, how did you feel during the fight? Mexican fighter, you know, would be like, I felt great. You know, he hits hard, but I was ready for that. Uh, that's why I had to work on my defense and uh, the game plan worked. And they go put the microphone on, on the interpreter. Which would be interpreting it into English? Mm-hmm. And he would say in English like, um, he says he felt good. Um, the other fighter was a good fighter and it made it for a great fight. And uh, he can't wait to uh, you know fight for the next opponent and maybe hopefully for the title. Which is nothing what he said. Which is not really what he said, and it was just like, that would really irk me. Um, yeah. And sometimes, the interpreters, like in the fight business, so let's talk about the fight, fight business, that's more what I'm familiar with. A lot of times the interpreter is also their manager. Yeah. So the manager is taking, you know, freedoms to try to elevate their fighter, but they kind of break all the interpreting rules. Mm-hmm. All the the ethics of interpreting mm-hmm. for their for their gain, you know, which I understand. But if it was interpreting for a specific, just interpreting. I'm just wondering what the <clears throat> guidelines are for that for you know the people that that hire them, like as far as um, UFC or if they do even have it. Not much. Or not do much. they even care? Like, yeah, no, not much. Usually, it's um, one of the main highlights is: Are you willing to travel? Because you also hear, I, I, I'm thinking about the interpreter at the end of the fight, but then you also hear now um, a lot, because before I, I really didn't pay much attention to it because you couldn't really hear anything, mm-hmm. um, is the uh, the corners. Yeah. When they go over and coach, um, you know, when they, when they were having, now they don't have um, audiences. Right. So, so you can hear you it. Can hear it. Yeah, yes. You can hear it really good. And... Um, I've heard some really bad interpreters yes. in the corner. Yeah, um, yeah I was going to say. There are some good ones, but there are some really bad ones. It's like I was going to say, it just depends on the interpreter they get for the event, really. Um, you can definitely tell right off the bat if the interpreter is doing a great job. And also, if they are uh, up to date on the terminology. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, because mm-hmm. I know I've seen plenty of examples where... Um, if they understand yeah. what they're interpreting. So like in Portuguese, right? Do you have a Brazilian fighter and he's back in the corner and they're giving him instructions and they're, you know, in Portuguese, they're telling him, I need for you to calm down. You're getting too worked up. Snap back into reality. I need this next round for you to work on plan B. Mm-hmm. But I need for you to take a drink first. You know? And the interpreter could be like, um, you're too happy. Um, 
Uh, I need for you to take a drink of water. Uh, next round is two. <laughs> Which makes no sense. <laughs> Which like it kind of it kind of does, but it doesn't. You know, for yeah. the fight for the fight fan who understands the strategies and tactics behind that, it's like I, I can get the gist of what she just said or he just said. You know, the interpreter. The next next one is round two, so they have to tell him which round is is next because the fighter is probably hurt pretty bad that he can't even remember his own name. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to tell him he needs to calm down. He's getting too. I know, but to say you're too happy, that's not a, that's not proper interpretation. No, but it's like, a, but I'm saying from a fighter, uh, from a fighting and coaching point of view, you know, me being able to hear the interpretation um, of that 30 second clip is like. They said happy, but they meant emotions. He's getting too worked up, mm-hmm. you know. Nobody's getting happy getting their ass kicked. Yeah, you know. But so he's getting too worked up. He's getting too involved emotionally. So I can dissect all of that. But for the average fan who has no experience in any of this, yeah, they'd be like, he's getting too happy. Why? Like this yeah, guy's crazy, man. Like yeah. okay, I like this guy. You know, he's crazy. He likes to get him in the face, no, no matter what, and he enjoys it. Yeah. Cool. It makes no sense. Yeah. But there are some other times where we've seen and heard some really good interpreting where yeah. the person is like, okay, I need for you to calm down. And he's like, I need to get the calmness. Uh, estamos en el primer round. We just, you know, we're in the first round. Mm-hmm. Got two more, more rounds to go. You know, like, in the next round, I need for you to work on your low kicks. And like, en el siguiente round, necesito que tú estés uh, tirando las patadas a las piernas. And... And they'll be like, oh, okay, that's really good. Like, yeah. And it's hard. And you kind of get mad when they take it away. And when, like, when they go to the next corner. Because you're like, man, this guy is yeah, doing a good really job. Yeah, good, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, in the fight business... Um, sometimes they don't have an interpreter. No, sometimes they don't. Um, well, like I said, it's really hard to interpret, I would say, in, in fighting. Especially, like... Unless in, you know fighting. Unless you know fighting, yes. Yeah. Um, I know I've seen where the the fighters they got into a scramble and they were looking at the replay at the end of the fight you know and like Joe Rogan's like walk us through what happened in this scramble and the guy's like well well you know he uh, uh he took me down I reversed the position right there as you can see and uh I went into side control and I got into north south position um uh, and he, you know I got him in that crucifix and I managed to to finish the fight mm-hmm. and the interpreter it's their profession is interpreting, but they specialize maybe in like um, medical, mm-hmm. medical field in the hospitals. And they're like, um, he uh, he says he 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 got taken down. He's from the north. And man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, he went uh, to the side of the body, and then uh, he was uh, stuck in the north and then facing south positions. <laughs> It, but when they say stuff like that, I just look at them and they're looking like a Joe Rogan, like, you know, for validation to what they're talking right. about. And it's like, and then he was crucified. And sometimes <laughs> that word. beat up, man. Yeah, and sometimes, like, when they interpret, they realize what they just said and their face is like, like, oh my God, like, did I just say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, well, and then also, too, like, you know, it's a very emotional time. And if they don't have their wits about them, they get emotional themselves. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. They get it very emotional. Like most recent example was with um, uh, the UFC strawweight champ Zay Wei Li. Mm-hmm. 
when she won her belt against uh, um, Andrade, her interpreter... Who is Chinese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're Chinese. Mm -hmm. And so the interpreter, you know, Joe Rogan is like, please walk us through, you know, uh, it's an amazing performance. Um, you know, you just went out there, didn't break a sweat. Like, you are the next big thing. So the interpreter is like, oh, oh my God, oh my God. And he even says to Joe Rogan in English, he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I am so happy for her. I'm so <laughs> emotional. I'm, I will do my best. And Joe Rogan is like, yes, please, do your best. And he gets the message across, and she's like, I went back after the, a couple of days after the fight and and got a full, you know, download of the actual interpretation, mm -hmm. and it was something like, you know, that has been a very um, hard time for for people, for my people in China and for everybody in the world with the coronavirus going on. Mm -hmm. I've had to leave my friends and family behind so that I would not get stuck in the quarantine. Um, I've this fight has been moved, you know, three times already to three different parts of the world, and each time we had to pack up and leave and be in quarantine mm -hmm. for uh, for two weeks at a time. So training was very compromised. But I am a professional, and uh, this is my career, and I am ready to fight to the death at a drop of a hat. Um, and as you can see, my work uh, speaks for itself. I am now the champion of the world and I just want to take this opportunity and say that we can all work together to fight and defeat this pandemic, uh, but we must do it as a team. And please do not give up hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And you know, she's like, I love you all and thank you so much for the support and you will remember my name, Zay Wei Li. Mm -hmm. And the interpreter at the time, he's like, oh, she's... Uh, She's happy, and 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 I'm happy, and and I just love her so much. All God's children are happy. Yeah, and it's like, and and you will remember her name, Zay Wei Lee. They're like, okay, well we'll take it back to the broadcast booth, and yeah, it's stuff like that. It's very uh, very hard, and it just kind of goes to show you, you know, the how hard it is to be interpreting. In in the moment, like, mm -hmm. um. You, you have to have this very like robotic approach to it because you can't be emotional with your own opinions right now if like let's say you're my client and you start talking you're like I am so happy that you know we got through this I will have to express express it the same way you know I just say yeah. estoy muy feliz que todos pudimos a, a salir adelante por todo esto you know like the same thing mm -hmm. I can't just be like she's very happy excited <laughs> she loves you all thank you for coming yeah because then that, you know I'm just interpreting the words I'm not really also interpreting the uh, emotion the emotion and the context of the message mm -hmm. and it's hard for sure it, it could be very hard like you said because they don't understand the lingo of the of the business in the, in the fighting world, um, but it goes for every profession, really. And it, that's why I feel, you know, I've been doing more research on it and whatnot. But from my point of view, it's better to be more broad in your interpretations, you know, in the fields. Like, get experience interpreting in, you know long care, health care, 
law and order um you know ordering food from mcdonald's menu mm-hmm. um you know interpreting mechanics yeah uh, get a little bit of everything because at the end of the day you know a lot of the words you are speaking you're having a conversation and and um the more knowledge you have the easier it is yeah the more knowledge of broad subjects yeah yes um, you know, because even like say someone was getting their car fixed. Yeah, I I know like well I mean, you know me knowing you know both Spanish and English, but like I said earlier, English is my dominant, which means that I use that ninety percent of the time. Mm-hmm. I've had situations where I've been in the mechanic, you know, like getting my tire changed or something, and somebody comes in and they don't know English, mm-hmm. and the person behind the counter is like. Your, you know, your order change is gonna be this much, but we also found a leak, and we recommend that you get it fixed because otherwise the oil change would be worthless. And the person's like, "Yes, yes, yes," you know, and they're looking around like, "I don't know what the hell this guy said, but sure, okay, sure." Yeah. And then next thing I know, Here's you know, a bill for three hundred dollars. Yeah, it's like three hundred dollars, and they look at it and they're like. They just they just can't believe just how much it is and, and you know and I've gone out of my way to be like you know you do you need help you know I'm an interpreter I can interpret for you the best I can um, and then they'll be like oh thank God yes please can you please tell them to not worry about the oil <laughs> dripping <laughs> yeah it's like I got it handled just change the oil because I just need to go get to home yeah. I just need to go home right now you know that kind of stuff but. Yeah, it is quite interesting. But even like knowing the words for in Spanish for well, like the, muffler or transmission or spark right. plug. Well, mechanics, I will say this. In mechanic world, it's pretty standard all the way across. Is it the same in English yeah, yeah. or it, Spanish? It's roughly, roughly translates. You know, alternator, alternador, you know, uh, oil, aceite, uh, muffler, el muffler. What about, um, what about transmission? Transmisión. Oh, okay. Yeah, motor, motor. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the words in in mechanics come from like a Latin based mm-hmm. word, so that makes it easier. It's it's pretty straightforward across. Um, but however, then you have to take into consideration like the dialects mm-hmm. of the individuals that are speaking. You know, like uh, <laughs> if I am interpreting, let's say you're from uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Your dialect is way different than anybody yeah, else in the United States. Yeah. You have different sayings. If I am not up to date on that, I will lose the uh, meaning of the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Or if I say something, I'm going to say completely different. You know? Um, but that's also, you know, where as a professional interpreter, that's when you would have to clarify, you know? And you would have to be like, as an interpreter, I need to get clarification on the subject matter something along those lines and then you turn around and be like well, what do you mean by that mm-hmm. you know can you please explain what what else do you mean by that and then like okay and then, okay my client means this this and this mm-hmm. um but same thing you know like in spanish spanish has uh, many dialects mm-hmm. many slangs you know just like the english uh, language but the spanish that i speak is from like north central uh mexico it's way different from like, say, 
Mexico City, the capital. Mexico City, the capital, would be the equivalent, in my opinion, to uh, Creole. Mm. They 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 speak Spanish, but it makes no sense unless you completely understand what they're talking about. Hmm. You know, and and their way of of speaking is more rhythmic. Uh, you know, they they're like, "Hola, wey, cómo andas? Aquí nos mandamos." And it's like, I what? They, and it's super fast, in my opinion. Um, I've worked with individuals of that, and it was very hard for me to uh, communicate. Really? Yes. It took me about a month or so to be able to kind of um, sync my Spanish to their Spanish. Mm. Um, and that was just the way it was. You know, like they would... Um, they would always give me a hard time because I could not understand them. Uh, I couldn't understand their sayings, uh, the dialects, their just harassment, I guess. Mm. <laughs> you know, but we got put together because we're like the only three guys that speak Spanish, with me being the only one of the group that spoke English. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would just tell me like, "Man, you're like, for example." One of them would always say, uh, be like, Chingado, Edgar, eres bien negrero. And at first I was like, I have no idea what that means, but okay, sure. And I would just kind of smile at him. And you had no idea what it meant? No, I mean, I know word for, for word what it means. What's it, what's it mean? So word for word, it would be like, like, shit, Edgar. And like, you're really dark. <laughs> and I would just kind of like smile, like, but not really say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, huh. And then just kind of go about my business. Well, later on, come to find out that that is very slang. That means that, like, I am a slave driver. Mm. Which they're referring to that I am a very hard worker and that I don't take much breaks. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, why don't you just say that? <laughs> Hmm. I remember I think I told you this I went went to Mexico City in the 70s and I was a young child and I saw you know it's such a it's an international such an international city Mm -hmm. there's businessmen from all over the world there Mm -hmm. and I was in a hotel and I saw a bunch of Asian men speaking Spanish oh yes and I was like wow like as a child just seeing that it was like that's just weird. It is weird. It's a cultural, you know, I've yeah. never seen that before, you know. Well, there's a, a, a high percentage of Asian Mexicans. Really? Yes, from like World War II. Mm. They moved in, they colonized, they have their own area and everything. And well, I think these were just, just Asian businesses. businessmen yeah. that, that knew Spanish. But well, I was going to say, interestingly weird, enough, yeah. I grew up watching Mexican Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican cinema, and the stereotypical bad guy was a Japanese guy. Mm. Spoke, born and raised in Mexico. Uh, he was like a first generation Mexican Japanese mm. or Japanese Mexican. Um, and he got into the movie business. And he would always be the bad guy. Mm. Every single time. <laughs> and it was just so weird uh, because I think I, I saw him in a different, like a movie later on when I was older. He was more like a like a 
Broadway type of play. Mm-hmm. It was just odd. Because hmm. I grew up my whole life, this guy was just the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. And now he's singing on Broadway. And now he's singing. Like, musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> singing like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing. Hmm. It's just like, that is that is trippy. That is trippy for sure. Um, let's see, what else? Um, well, you know, I, in a little bit of research that I've done in the uh, interpreting, because I've done it all my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've done it, well, most of my life since I was about nine or so. I was just kind of forced to interpret. Since when you came to the United States. Yeah, yeah. Once I learned English, I was kind of put on the spot. Right. Because your mom and dad didn't speak it. Yes. And that was one of the hardest things. And even to this day, it's still very hard for me to do. I will do it, but I'm not going to take any pleasure in it. That's interpret for uh, my family members. Mm. Because I, without realizing it as being that young, I was still applying a lot of the ethics of interpreting where it was I could not advise the person mm-hmm. I'm interpreting for. I cannot, um, you know, input my own personal. Influence them, yeah. Yeah, or influence them in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And they, especially my, my older brother, he would be furious nine out of ten times that I would interpret for him. Because I would not, he said, you're not telling them what I'm, what I'm telling them. What you're saying. Right. What there's, what he's saying. Yeah. And it was just like, I am. It's like, I am telling them. But obviously one of the things was like, I wasn't being, you know. Like aggressive enough or whatever. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I was just being robotic, not realizing that I still had to be, you know, like. Show that a certain emotion. Expressing, yeah, yeah, because I mean, I had no training whatsoever. I was mm-hmm. just kind of picking it up, and uh, you know, and then I would, you know, interpret back, and then sometimes in the middle of him, you know, arguing with him, he would be like, "Well, this dumbass, you know, uh, will tell this dumbass that you know they don't know what they're fucking talking about, and like I'm furious and I'm taking my business somewhere else," mm-hmm. and then I start interpreting and be like, "Well, don't tell him he's a dumbass." Just tell them that I'm taking my business somewhere else. <laughs> and you know, as a little kid, I'm just like, uh, he says that he's going to be taking his business somewhere else. And sometimes if the other person on the other side would be like, wait a minute, he said something else. Yeah, what does that say? <laughs> you know, I would, as a little kid, I'd be like, uh, he was talking to me in that sense. He's saying that, um, you know, it's getting late. And so he's, tired of this and so he has to take his business somewhere else because you're not a you're not agreeing with him mm-hmm. um not realizing that even myself i was still breaking <laughs> yeah. the ethics well, i think a lot of people too don't realize that when immigrants go to different countries and you know you have young kids that start school and their mother and father don't speak english mm-hmm. the responsibility that falls on those on the children yeah. you know because um, you know, they start speaking English um, when they get in school. You know, yep. it doesn't take very long, really. But, um, you know, the responsibility of them having to translate every day, you know, 
living that adults are actually doing, like oh, yeah. paying bills and going yeah. to the doctor and going mm-hmm. to the bank, you know, and uh, it's a lot of responsibility. It is. That's family. why now I, every person, everybody that I know that, you know, they're an adult and they have children, but they themselves don't understand English or don't know very well. Mm-hmm. I always advise them, do not put your child in that position. Don't put your child and force them to interpret for you your personal in an adult situation. Your personal, yeah, personal adult situations. That's yeah. that's not that's not fair for the child. You're gonna cause them some trauma, um, and they will probably resent you because you are, you know, you're pushing them in those things. And you can't put the child in those situations and then expect them to turn a blind eye to what's going on. Yeah. Well, then they know a lot. Yeah. You know, they know that you don't have enough money to pay your bills or, yeah. or whatever, you know, Absolutely. whatever the, the problem is, yeah. um, which might be something that you might have otherwise kept from them. Right. <laughs> you know, right. For so, sure. so that they don't worry, you well, know, or you your, actually, your electric's getting turned off or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then that's the like, what do you mean the electric's turning turned off? <laughs> like, What's going to happen? Oh my gosh, you know, it's the end of the world. Yeah, and it, it does put a lot of stress on them, I think. It does. I mean, I know from my personal opinion, like my personal experience and opinion, that definitely does put a lot of stress. Um, I had to develop like a different persona, it, which is weird, but I think it was my, my only way of being able to cope with the uh, extreme. Mm-hmm. Of, of me growing up in two different cultures and being put in the position of interpreting a lot of personal uh, information. information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this one's funny. You have to really trust your kid too. Cause... Yeah, I was going to say, you really have to trust. Because I know friends that I grew up with, they would go to school and we'd you know hang out and they'd be like, man, last night when I went you know after school... My dad took me to go interpret for so and so, and you know he was pissing me off because like he wasn't gonna. He said he wasn't gonna buy me that toy or, or take me out to eat afterwards, you know, as a reward for like, you know, doing him a favor, doing him a favor like that. So I was just like, you know, the doctor said, you know, hey, you, you may have testicular cancer. And I'm just like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> and it's like, what? You can't do that. He's like, oh, I'll tell him later, but like, I'll just, I'll just tell him that right now. Or like them knowing your social security number and your, oh, you know, dude, banking account. To and... this day, it's up here in my head. I know, like that sensitive information. Yeah. With, without even thinking about it, I can recite it in the blink of an eye. Inform, you know, the social security numbers, date of births, uh, work history, um, what else? Even medical history. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my parents and even some of my siblings mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's it's just because of that you know but uh i was gonna say couple situations this is this is kind of this was a very awkward situation interpreting as as a as a young kid growing up interpreting for your family mm-hmm. okay 10 years old uh my mother gives birth to my youngest brother. Mm-hmm. All right. So around that time, in the place where we used to live, they didn't have bilingual staff in the hospital. 
So guess who had the honor of interpreting? Mm -hmm. Me. Okay. <laughs> we went in there and the, um, the doctor came in and said, everything was great. Uh, but before we discharge you, we must a ask you a couple questions. And that'll determine, you know, like your discharge, any therapy you may need, or any medicine, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. Simple. Th it started simple, like, uh, what is your full name? And you know, my mom would say it, and I take back and I, I spill it out for the guy. It's like, okay, date of birth, all the good stuff, right? And then it's like, do you have any medical history? Interpret that for her as best I could, and she's like, no. Not really, all right. And then the doctor said, when was the last time you had your period? Mm -hmm. Which at that time I'd never you heard. You didn't even know what that was, did you? No. I mean, I had already taken sex ed. At 10? Yeah, in fourth grade. But like, it never... Clicked. Never clicked. Because <laughs> in my mind thinking, like, it's the girls I'm growing up with. That's, now. that's yeah. that. Yeah. My mother, like, that's not that. She's yeah. not a girl. You yeah. know, like, that's how you are when you're a little kid. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, sir, can you please explain to me what that means? And he's like, I'm, I know it's a little embarrassing, but we need to know that. It's a very important information. Um, so a period, it, it happens every month. And, you know, she may bleed a little bit from, and he kind of stuffed himself because he was going to say, you know, from, like, from her vagina or something like that, right? Her uterus. Her uterus or something, yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, she may bleed and from her, from below her waistline. And I'm just like, huh, that is, that's pretty serious if that happens. <laughs> Thinking to myself and I turn around and I'm talking to my mom. She's like, he wants to know, um, I was like, he's, he's. He's asking period, period. I'm saying it out loud, like period, period. Like, how do you say that in Spanish? How do you say it in Spanish? You know, like I'm talking to myself, but out loud. And then my dad's like, administration. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. He doesn't say that word, but he just like, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. And so then he goes and whispers to my mom and comes back and he's like, tells him the date or whatever around roughly the time. And that was kind of it. And at the time, I, and then I like as soon as that guy walked away. It like dawned on me, like, oh, <laughs> what I learned in sex ed, yeah, is what's what's happened to my mom. It's like, and that's how babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really, but yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and that's where babies come from, <laughs> kind of thing. <clears throat> and then the second time was my sister in law gave birth to, you know, her first firstborn child. And uh, I had to go with her to Wick, mm -hmm. like a week afterwards or so. And uh, she had to take a breastfeeding class. Yeah. Once again, around that time. I don't know if people know what Wick is, but it's women, infants, and children. Yes. Uh, education and helping with other things. Right. And uh, like state program. State, state program, yeah. And so then, uh, well, like once again. Were you interpreting the class for her? Yes. 
<laughs> and so once again, you know, I had to do that because the state at that point they didn't have interpreters. Right. And what I like, I think they had one lady interpreter, but she was just like one for the whole well, like region. I can tell you that I worked for WIC in the largest, the largest um, office in my state, and mm-hmm. we didn't have an interpreter. Okay. Well, and then there were many women that were um, from, you know, Spanish, Spanish descent. Yeah. And so then, um, I just assumed that. I guess people thought that they could understand English. I mean, I right. mean, you used, you know, you showed things and right. everything. So yeah, I. But uh, to be honest, to be fair though, I did know Spanish in the words that I needed to know. Right, you knew for your my profession job. Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, I mean, this these people didn't. Yeah. You know, and so they would always say, "We recommend you bring your own interpreter." Oh. So that way, you know, you can get the information. Otherwise, it's. You're just coming in, signing up for the attendance, and be gone. Yeah. Well, so they were showing how to do breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm like 12, I think. Yeah, 12 or something like that. And the lady that's holding the presentation, she says, uh, Young man, this is information that I feel that is not suitable for you know, for people your age, uh, do you have another person that can come and interpret? And I was like, ah, there isn't. Like, I'm the only one. And uh, she's like, well, this is going to be... What about your brother? No, he didn't know. Your your brother a little bit younger than you? He didn't know English? Oh, yeah, no. But I'm like, she's saying, like, this is material right. not suitable for kids. Right, right, right. But you why know? were you the one always interpreting? Did, uh, did your brother not... Because I had the better Spanish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, no, there isn't. You know, like I'm the only one available. And um, and so she's like, well, this is going to be very awkward. And uh, Really? Yeah. She's making it awkward. Right. And so the only thing I can think of is like, I'll tell you what. How about I stand and face the corner. And whatever you're going to say, I just say right. it. I'm not gonna turn around and look. I'm not gonna, you know, be a creep about that if that's what you're trying to insinuate. And she said, "Okay, we can try that." And so I was standing in in a corner, looking at the corner, for like two hours. It was like a two-hour class, just interpreting. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I know. Are you serious? <laughs> you know, I mean, they're like, I'm doing my best to trying to interpret. <laughs> Oh, my God. First of all, for me working at WIC, I've been working where women have just... I've been in a room, in the waiting room, with, like, literally 50 people, and women just taking their breasts out and right. feeding their four-year-old while they're standing right. there. Okay, so then... So then that, <laughs> while they're literally standing, right. just well, that's Okay, so that's... Let me back up a little bit. So that's kind of what started, like, the weirdness of it, because she said... Um, you know, the she said, I don't know if she's your sister or, you know, she's going to have to breastfeed her baby. Right. And we will have to show her. Um, you're going to have to ask her, you know, like, is she okay with you being in the room? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, you know, my sister-in-law, she's like 19. And I'm asking, like, she wants to know, are you okay with me being in the room while you are learning how to breastfeed? And she's like, 
oh my gosh like i didn't she's like i didn't realize that you know i would have to like show them and do it with you being here present and she's like she's like i really don't feel comfortable doing that but if we have to i'll i'll just i'll look away and you know whatever yeah and that's when i came up with the idea like how about i just stand in the corner and just interpret what you guys you know demonstrate you do your thing so that was the deal so i was there for like two hours in that class or however long it was well first of all that should have been the most natural thing that there is and it shouldn't have been an uncomfortable situation well i know like did you had you with all of your sisters and all of the women (laughs) you've never seen somebody breastfeed oh i've seen them breastfeed all the time yeah Yeah. that's especially from that culture you know yeah like that's yeah (laughs) yeah you know and it was just like okay all right and uh yeah i mean we got through it just fine and for like the longest time my sister-in-law could not even look at me in the eye she was so embarrassed really yeah and i can't even look her in the eye because i was so embarrassed too i was just like this is such an awkward position wow to be in i don't know i when you're i don't know I mean, I breastfed both my kids, and when you got to breastfeed them, like, I'm doing it. Like, I don't care how awkward well, or how uncomfortable it makes yeah. anybody. Like, I, well, I, I mean, like, I, mean, I, I do it up, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, with, you know, my sisters breastfeeding their, their kids and whatnot, but, like, they would disappear. You know, they would disappear into the next room where it was quiet. Oh. You know? Um no, or, I did it. I did it in public, but I had, but like I would even be in church doing it. Yeah, well, I had, say, like if you know, they had, had to do it in public, yeah, they would cover themselves. Yeah, I knew what was happening. You know, like you're breastfeeding, but like if it was at home and we we're like, you know, sitting on the couch watching a movie or something, um, like they would kind of slip to else? to a quiet room and breastfeed the baby and then come back. Yeah, um, I think that was just more for the baby's sake than than everybody else's sake kind mm. of thing. Um, yeah, so those kind of some awkward Yeah, situations. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you, you got a child that's doing things that, you know, probably uh, well, a, a, little, another time yeah, too, a little young to be doing. Same thing. I was about 12 or so. <laughs> I remember this. I got woken up on a Saturday morning, like at 5.30 in the morning, to go with one of my dad's friends like three hour drive to interpret for him because he was facing some legal issues. I was gonna say was he in jail or something? No. And so I didn't know about it. My, you know, next thing I know my mom and my dad walk to my room, they wake me up and you know, my mom is like, I need for you to wear these clothes today. because um, you're going you need to present yourself, you know, nice. And uh, as soon as you get done, breakfast is ready and you'll be picked up in about 30 minutes and I'm like well okay I guess we're all going and you know I'm like why is my brother not doing it yeah he's like no because it's just you I'm like okay and then as I'm eating breakfast my dad's like you're gonna go with this guy he's like do you know this guy this guy I was like yeah I know he's like okay they're gonna come pick you up you're gonna go with them it might take all day but um you know they're you gonna... went by yourself yeah your dad didn't even go mm-mm He's like, it's wow. going to be him, his wife, and his son, which I knew his son. We were friends. He's like, and you're going to go with him, and you're going to spend the day with him, and you're going to interpret. 
for you know for this guy and then you'll be back home probably around 5 p.m. tonight it's like I just want you to be on your best behavior you know yes sir no sir um, you know I don't want to hear any issues out of you or anything like that I was like okay and in my mind I'm thinking man that's fucking bullshit like, <laughs> you know I was ready to wake up to watch my Saturday cartoons <laughs> and here I am being dragged away yeah and I went like three hour drive to this lawyer office and interpret for the lawyer and this guy for like another three hours in there and it was a pretty serious case mm-hmm. and we got out and the guy's like okay let's go eat and then he took us to a pizza hut place and had to interpret the uh, order Wow. So, I mean, I was literally just interpreting everything we did. Right. And uh, the guy paid me, like, 60 bucks. Wow. <laughs> you know, because that's pretty, um, like, relying on a 12-year-old. Yeah. To tell you the correct information. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I would want to learn English before I would rely on you at 12 years old to tell me uh, the correct dude. information, man. I would say this. In that situation, I was very fortunate that the lawyer was very understanding and because he started speaking a very technical English law mm-hmm. level and uh, I had to tell him like I'm sorry I don't understand your level of English it's too technical for me can you please try to explain to me in layman's terms which that became my favorite word mm-hmm. by the way layman layman and and, uh, and how, how did you pick up on that term I actually heard it in a cartoon. <laughs> okay. Heard it in a cartoon, and then I was asking one of my teachers at the time, "What does What's that, that mean? mean?" And that's what they uh, they told me. So I was like, "Ah, I have to I'm use that." Remember that? Yeah. So everywhere I, I would go and interpret, can you please explain that in layman's terms? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like a twelve-year-old telling the lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And so the lawyer would be like, "Okay, okay. Uh, well, can you tell him that because?" <laughs> You know his actions what he did on this day at this time and the lawyer would like highlight you know the date information i'd be like because you did this and this and this on this time it's like this is what's happening and these are your options and and the guy you know would be like well that was not me and that was somebody else and then i would be like well he says it wasn't him and you know so on and so forth the lawyer's like well it's on camera (laughs) (laughs) and then the guy would be like shit all right, well, tell him what you tell him whatever he wants him to hear. And I was like, No. And so I would just kind of stand there, silent. And the lawyer would be like, Well, what did he say? And, you know, it's like, so now I'm like in this weird situation. Yeah. And I'm and like, You want a 12 year old making that decision about what to say? Yeah. Like, and, well, not only like that, that, but in, in my mind, situation. I'm like, I still have to drive back home with this guy for three, four hours. Yeah. Who's to say that he's not gonna pull on the side of the road and dump like something there or beat the shit out of me? Yeah. And I'd be like, um, he's asking for a moment uh, because he needs to gather his thoughts, and uh, he would like a drink of water. That was always my uh, my cop out. Mm. Like he would like a drink of water, and so then the lawyer would get up and go to the next room, get a cup of water, and give it to him. Because uh, I think I picked that up in like an episode of Law and Order or something like that. Mm. And then that guy would take a sip of water, subconsciously not realizing, you know, and then he'd be like, okay, well, yeah, tell him that was me. I apologize, you know, for the outburst. And what is it that he can do to help me? Yeah. And so I would be like that, you know, and it was, it was 
pretty uh, crazy things like that. Yeah. For sure. And then, um, real quick, one more thing before we leave. It's getting pretty long. Um, I would say one of the biggest uh, times that I had to interpret, I know you were present, was uh, my brother's funeral. Oh, yes. And as uh, and that was out of the blue, really. Because I was asked to do that like 30 minutes before. And it was to interpret a poem, which is, right? Yes. When you interpreted the poem? Yes, I had to interpret. Which was quite... It was long. It was long, but it was intense. Yes. You know, it was yes. kind of well, complicated. N- not only that, I had to interpret this poem, and then I had to interpret everybody's uh, getting up and, and speaking, you know, telling stories of my brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. And them. Yeah. And then I also had to interpret the... Um, what do you call it, the eulogy mm-hmm. that uh, they have prepared for him, mm-hmm. and uh, to English. To y- you were interpreting well sometimes I'll, to Spanish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have to. I have to interpret the eulogy that my dad did for him mm-hmm. from Spanish to English, mm-hmm. and then uh, the English to Spanish version that uh, other our, people, the other our family members did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I had to do that and. Uh, that was really hard because of the situation, you know, because it's mm-hmm. my brother's funeral. Um, but it was hard because uh, I had to suck up my own emotions mm-hmm. to not be unprofessional. Yeah. You know, because I don't know if you remember this. Uh, one of his friends was telling a story about a blouse or a T-shirt that they did a prank on him and my brother was the one behind it or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, like I had to interpret that and the guy was like you know he was rejoicing on a member and he was very happy about it and then he got really sad about it and I had to like yeah <laughs> like fluctuate my my uh, inflection inflections you know to uh, what he was saying right and that was really hard because I wanted to put my own two cents mm-hmm. into that you know, I was, I was, I was wanting to turn around and be like, "Thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate you saying such wonderful things about my brother." Mm-hmm. But because I was like, "No," you know, it's like, I'm not going to, uh, you know, disgrace and dishonor my my brother by being unprofessional. Mm-hmm. I would just say that after everybody's done, and I just walk up to him and say, "Thank you for that." Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing for sure. I, I know that I remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah, you know. Just being able to do it on a whim, um, no practice, no nothing, not not having the time to research, like the poem, mm-hmm. but I think you know, but still being able to uh, interpret the message of it. Yeah, because I think a poem would be really hard because it doesn't sometimes make sense. Correct. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, and even then, like I would you know read and skim through it as fast as I could. And in my mind, I'd be like, scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever What, how I'm going to interpret it. So then I would be like, you know, like, you know, uh, I, don't, I can't even remember now. But, like, I would just say the gist of the whole message. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I remember I kept, I said in the beginning, is like, you know, this poem, it's, I'm going to do my best. Um, I just found about it. I was going to interpret it. So please bear with me. Um if you would like a more accurate version of the poem being interpreted for you, uh, please approach me after the event 
and I will give him my contact information and I will email you the actual, you know, accurate translation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was pretty intense. Yeah. I would say. It was intense, but it was, it was uh, good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways. Um, any, any, any comment or question? No. no? Cool. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's kind of been it for today. Uh, again, my name is Edgar. I'm Melissa. And this has been In the Fray.